Welcome to Criminality, the podcast that we started because we love reality TV and we love true crime and we put them together to talk about the crimes that happen on and in and about reality TV. Happy Thanksgiving <laughs> weekend, Melissa. I need you to take a breath. <laughs> By can't. the end, I got worried about you. <laughs> I shan't and I can't. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving week, Rebecca. Yeah, this will be dropping on Black Friday. Is that even a thing anymore? Because my husband was oh, I hope not. telling me about Black Friday sales that he went to go somewhere today. And I was like, what is it if it's not even on Black Friday? They're all online. They all started like two weeks ago. However, Black Friday is in the beginning of my story. So I hope it will work for that Ooh. purpose. But um, I'm all about small business Saturday. Yes. Big fan. That's my new favorite. Yes. Yeah, big fan of that. But um, are you looking forward to, I mean, this will be out and it will have happened, but do you love Thanksgiving? I um, love the sides at Thanksgiving. I love seeing family. Oh, I'm not yeah. a turkey person. I could take it or leave okay. it. But um, yeah. give me some ham. Give me some mm-hmm. banana pudding. So it's Christmas. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Watergate a salad. Pudding. Do you know Watergate salad? No, mm, it's uh, it's ugly. It's green. It has marshmallows. You'll have to Google it. It's one of my favorites, and that's like my staple every time. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Is it warm? No. Oh, okay, okay. It's I not thought maybe it was salad. like. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like a casserole. I will go to my grave having never made a single casserole. I refuse. I'm anti-casserole. Me too. Really? Oh, I went. I went ready to fight you on that, and I'm so glad we. Menu? I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> I don't make casseroles. We make lasagnas oh, when people true. need a meal. True. <laughs> I didn't. There's think no casserole making. Yeah. No. 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 That's a hill I'll die on. Right. <laughs> Vicky Gunfelson would not be happy with me because I would never bring her a casserole. No, it's just not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And let's be honest. I will DoorDash your family something if something goes down. I will not bring you a lasagna <laughs> anymore. In this day and age, you're getting your choice on um, like DoorDash or Seamless, whatever you prefer. Uber Eats. There you go. <laughs> and thank you. And you have actually done that for me before. So I can attest that Rebecca <laughs> is that friend. <laughs> if I lived closer to you, I would have actually made you a lasagna. But um, I don't like lasagna. Take that oh, off good. the table. The I didn't know how to tell you that. DoorDash mm-hmm. it is. Well, that brings me to, it doesn't, but <laughs> I just it. want to get us out of this casserole chat because it's feeling Thank a little you. like an NPR sketch. <laughs> so shall we just dive in? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Black Friday now and then the first sentence of my story. Awesome. Oh, this is great. So as I may have alluded to, this episode is going to drop on what we in America call Black Friday. And in more recent years, the same weekend, we have Small Business Saturday, which we've established is the superior shopping day. Regardless, it is safe to say that people all over the country, possibly the world, are shopping for deals this weekend. They're shopping online. They're shopping in boutiques, at malls, at holiday markets. But I'd like to put a question out there to you, to our listeners. Have any of you considered shopping at a storage unit? (laughs) (laughs) Melissa? Do you want an actual answer? (laughs) Yeah. I, when I finally figured out what this episode was about a couple of hours ago, I remembered my husband had done this. Stop. Mm-hmm. He and his best friend brought $200 a piece to a storage unit. That'll go a long way. And yeah, so I'm a little aware of the situation that goes in, but he said it's very realistic to things. Yes. Oh my gosh. Did he, did he get anything amazing? Do you remember? No. No. He said, I, I was like, I need a story because yeah. um, I like, and he's a guy. So he's like, I don't really remember. Anything. Right. Of there course. Were bikes right. and we didn't buy anything. Bummer. Oh man. That's lame. I am surprised to announce that I haven't bid on a storage locker and this episode has made me want to. It feels a little dangerous in New York. I'm not going to lie. When I think of storage units in New York, first thing that comes to mind is not heirlooms. It's like Law and Order SVU? Yes. It's dead bodies for <laughs> sure. <scene. laughs> so I'm just kind of like, I don't know. But um, but I do love shopping at thrift stores like you do, estate sales, yard sales. I love rummaging through what most people would call junk in hopes of finding treasure. That is very much my brand. Um, yeah. And I think there's kind of two people in this world. Those who believe that one man's trash is another man's treasure. And those that think a show about one man's trash is most likely just that, trash. But I do hope to change everyone's mind or for people who think that way, because I like discarded items the way I like the terrible men we cover on criminality, capable of redemption. 
So please join me as I share with you a story about a guy named Dave Hester on a show called Storage Wars. Now, Melissa, right? Yes. I hope people are excited. I know it's about lockers and boxes, but stay (laughs) with me. So I know you like Hoarders, which is on A&E, and I'm wondering how you feel about Storage Wars, which is also on A&E. I feel like these shows are cousins. They are cousins, but they're more like second cousins twice removed. Yeah. Maybe you've met at a family reunion and thought the other one was attractive, but knew you couldn't go in that direction. Have I gone too far? Um, No, I'll take it further. They're like distant, they're distant family members. One side was wealthy enough for therapy and the other side wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) And that's really wrong, but I said it. Um, No, that's absolutely true. I'm on, I'm on the, the, the (laughs) didn't get therapy, chose, chose against it is what my side was. Made my home, my storage unit side. Got it. Um, so have you watched storage wars? I have seen a few episodes. It's another one of those um, on in the dentist's office, on in the doctor's office, and you kind of watch for a few minutes. But anytime I've watched it, I've enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. Well, that's something. And I have definitely, I don't know that I've sought it out, but like I watched it Yeah, a bit. If it's on, I watched. I couldn't tell you like night and time and all of that. But uh, my dad liked it. It was definitely, he, I was raised with that mentality. Like my dad would just come home with like suitcases and be like, someone was throwing these out. And my mom's like, we don't need luggage, but he's like, but they're free. Like, so, you know, I I don't know. I just always like, I don't like waste. I love that though. For you, because you haven't seen that many. And for anyone listening who doesn't know, like any terribly good reality show, there's a lot of layers to this show. Okay. It's not just about people buying stuff out of old storage lockers. I will get into the premise. Um, This show is really a rich tapestry of nonsense and probably manufactured drama. However, true to its name, Storage Wars, sometimes there are downright battles. But today we're going to be focusing on one person and one story in particular. And I'm going to say, and this is bold, but part of this story could arguably be the original reality reckoning. Whoa. Yeah, because before Bethany was trying to take down Bravo, there was Dave Hester suing A and E. Before we get into that, let me give you and any listeners not familiar with Storage Wars a breakdown of the main players and the premise of the show. So just like Housewives and other multi, you know, what do they call it? Ensemble casts. Right. It can vary from season to season, but I think any fan of the show will tell you this is the lead cast. This is who the show premiered with. And um, I'll go down with their names and also their nicknames because they all have a nickname. So our protagonist subject of tonight's story is Dave Hester, aka The Mogul. We're going to hear a lot about him, so I won't give you a description. I know. Okay. Then we have Jared and Brandy, who are a couple. And they're called the Young Guns, Jared Schultz and Brandy Passante. They're this, I guess they're called the Young Guns because they're like the young hot couple of the show. Mm-hmm. Subjective, everything's okay. on a spectrum okay. um, <laughs> on this cast. Okay. So they're longtime partners. They share two children and a business. They have a thrift store in Orange County, California. And in addition to being kind of this like young, attractive couple on the show, they also provide a lot of drama, mostly because of the way Jared treats Brandy. He belittles her. He criticizes her. He generally acts like a total scumbag. But for whatever reason, the audience, I think they like to watch because they like to see the moments where Brandy prevails because every now and then he lets her bid or lets her pick a locker. And sometimes she'll get a win. And then it's like he gives her some credit. And so people kind of like, you know, it's conflict and every story needs conflict and they provide some of that. In season 13, I mean, the show has gone on many, many seasons. We learned that they're no longer a couple anymore, though. And that's actually because of a lot of things that um, Jared did, including some some criminal allegations against Brandy. That is actually not in today's episode. So they're no longer a couple, but they still both filmed for the show. But now they came separately and bid separately. And they were always a team. Yeah. So I don't know how they split their business or what, but they were definitely now competitors. However, before they split, they actually got a spinoff show. That's how popular they were. And it was called Married to the Job, which is weird because they weren't married. But Jared did propose on this first season. So I think that's where that came from. Okay. But it only lasted one season, only six episodes. 
So Ooh. again, I think they serve a purpose on a show like Storage Wars, but they're not quite charismatic enough to carry uh, their own show. Sure. But I really do like Brandy. Next, we have a duo named its father and son, Daryl and Brandon. Daryl is the gambler and Brandon is the side bet. I love Daryl. <laughs> He's like not who you would imagine me loving. He's right. burly. He is kind of like a mullet. He wears muscle tanks. His favorite expression is, this is the wow factor about something that he thinks is cool. <laughs> but he has a pretty good knack for finding treasures. He's found comic book collections, Picasso drawings. He found an art stash once worth $300,000 oh in an gosh. art locker. This is why you you keep watching. I mean, it's incredible. And him and his son, um, his son is kind of a dud, but he's pretty mean to his son too. They've Everybody has issues on this show. I don't <laughs> think you do this for a living if you're not a little bit weird, but I enjoy Daryl. Then we have Barry Weiss, aka The Collector. Barry is maybe what you could call vintage. He's an older gentleman of the cast, definitely the most senior, and he's a lifelong antiques enthusiast. And he had never bought or been on a storage unit before being cast on the show. Oh, wow. And if you watch, that will not surprise you because he pretty consistently is very bad at it. He overpays for lockers that are just total junk. And because he doesn't have a shop or an auction house like the others do, he usually just abandons everything if he doesn't find anything good. So he'll like spend the money and be like, oh, this is all crap. And then he like drives away. Whereas all the other people, even if they don't find something amazing, they load all that crap up and like, you know, they get oh, $20 yeah. for this, $30 for that. They mm -hmm. try to recoup some of what they put out. Right. But he's very eclectic, unique, charismatic, and he also got a spinoff series called Buried Treasure. And oh I know, I feel like that's something like if I'd done an episode about Barry, that's definitely would have been the title. We would have done that. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually um, just mad now that we didn't have that I know. to do. Dave yeah. Hester's not giving me anything mm -mm. to work with. Um, any guesses how many seasons Barry's show lasted? I'm going to say three. Just one just again. Yeah. Oh, just dang. one, but you, eight you episodes. Up, you got it. I know. Mm -hmm. Not six. And last but not least, we have Dan and Laura Dotson, a.k.a. The Auctioneers. This is the married couple who, this is their business. These are their lockers, and they get a commission off of every one that they sell. And okay. they're quite a, they're characters. <laughs> I don't, they're just, you'll, yeah. you'll hear from them. You'll hear them in this episode. So the show is set up to basically answer, if you've ever wondered, probably most people haven't, what happens to those storage units when someone stops paying rent on them? Where does all that stuff go? And the answer is auctioneers like Dan and Laura come in and they auction it off and collect a commission on all the sales. So in every episode of Storage Wars, viewers get to watch the auction complete with auctioneers, professional bidders, and like I said, these people all own businesses, so they're hoping that they might find this hidden treasure amidst people's abandoned junk. It can be pretty boring if they don't. Even their drama isn't enough to keep the show high stakes enough. But fortunately, yeah. the cast is quirky and problematic enough that it could keep you interesting even if you don't care about rare heirlooms or valuable antiques. I would right. call it like a lowbrow antiques roadshow. The auctioneer opens the door to a unit and all the buyers get five minutes to look in the unit without touching. So they can't rifle, they can't move anything. They all bring a lot of them. Well, they don't all. The really hardcore ones bring flashlights. They're looking all around. Smart. And then they're like, okay, we're starting. Buyers determine if they like what they see. They strategize how much they're going to spend. I'm sure just like your husband and his friend did. They had their $200. Mm -hmm. That's their max budget. And then they didn't see anything worthwhile. Didn't give us a story, but that's okay. I know. <laughs> They didn't get the flashlight thing. They he told me this is the one story I got. From oh, good. Him. They kind of stood in a line and like would walk in front of it, and then you like would taking get to turns, the back of the line. like a circle. Yeah, oh, like just a circle. That's very then, uh, civil. It is very. It's very civil. And then they have the auctioneer who's like a real legit auctioneer. That thanks. Couldn't be a better segue. Oh, good. Laura and Dan are real auctioneers that you can't understand what they're saying and you can go ahead and open that first clip so you can, everybody can get a sense of what 
it feels like and sounds like to be in one of these storage locker auctions. All right, let's do this thing and make it happen right now. If you're ready to go, I'm ready to go. And you can make a couple thousand dollars for it. One thousand dollars. Eleven, eleven. I heard you a thousand. Eleven. What about a little bit to a top? Sixteen. Yeah. I got you saying. What about a little bit seventeen? What about eighteen? What about a thousand bucks? What about twenty-one? A two-two. What about a little bit twenty-two? And I got twenty-one. Now two. Twenty-two. 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 Now thirty-two. What about a little bit twenty-three? And I got twenty-three. Three. Twenty-four. What about a little bit twenty-five? I got a little bit twenty-five. Let's jump them away. Yeah. I got twenty-six there. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. What about twenty-eight? Twenty-nine. Yeah. Now three. What about a little bit twenty-three? 31, not 32. What do we get to 32? What do we get to 32? 32 under going once. 32 under going twice. Got to click a start. What do we get to 32 under tonight? Sell it to AD. You got it for $3,100. Is that all you guys had? One locker is nice, but I'm not done pissing everybody off. I might just have to buy them all today. All right, come on. I like it. Short and sweet. I'm going to strike early on this one. 600 bucks. Yeah. 600. It's six and a quarter. 625. We got six and a quarter. Yeah. Sell it to AD. 650 big bucks. Another horse out to pasture. You're a piece of man. Let's go! 10 by 15! There's no competition around here. You're a douchebag. Woo! That's Mr. Douchebag to you. Mr. Douchebag! Mr. Douchebag? Indeed. Um, that yup would make me insane if I was there trying to like do work, which is what they're trying to do. They're trying to figure something out. He says yup in between like five numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm irritated. Yes. Okay. I couldn't have asked for a better response to that video. So Dave Hester's yup is his brand. He has his truck wrapped in yup. If you go to his website, it's all yup, yup, yup. He has merch. Yup hat, yup shirt. It's yup. It's the third clue of today's episode. Yes. Yup. So keep that in mind as we move through the story. It's going to become really important, this brand. And is it really his? A little bit mm. later. Um, but just for a little bit of fun, I thought this was a, a cute kind of quasi Bravo connection. If you could open up the second clip. This is Anderson Cooper interviewing the cast of Storage Wars and asking Dave Hester about how Yup came to be. So let's listen to that. I'm so excited. I feel like I know you. Do, do you now get recognized everywhere? Yup. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did your, your how, where did that come about? Have you always said yup? Well, I used to be a bid catcher for years in the auction facility. And as I would uh, catch the bids from the audience, I would just yell yup, 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 because the auctioneer can't hear everything and see everything that's going on. So okay. he relies on his bid catchers. Kind of cueing him. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense why he would do that, right? Yeah. So, it's yeah. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. It's the most annoying. And just keep in mind, like I said, that his brand will be contested. But first, we need to talk more about Storage Wars and Dave's experience on it. So the show premiered in 2010, and it was a hit straight out of the gate. By 2011, the LA Times reported that it was the most watched A&E show in the network's history. Whoa. After the auction, the show then follows the winners as they begin the usually disgusting job of sorting through all this stuff. I mean, for every art piece, there's just a yeah. lot of old sheets. I'm like, yeah, bug ridden, mm-hmm. not garbage, just it, gross. So when one of the buyers hits something interesting, they basically take that item and then the next segment of the show will be them meeting some expert in Southern California. This all takes place in California, by the way, That's which I was going to ask you was yeah. the clue. This is like Orange County, like surrounding LA. Sometimes it goes up to the Sacramento area, but it's all California. Why was I getting like Vegas vibes? It gives this? big when- Pawn Stars vibes thank you that's yeah. what it is that's what i'm seeing in my head another show i've covered here on criminality mm-hmm. i definitely yeah. love these trash to treasure i do have a tape <laughs> it gives vegas for sure but um it's like the vegas areas of southern california got it so then they just like on pawn stars like when they bring an expert in in storage wars they go to the expert so that's kind of fun because you'll you'll see like literally like a clock expert, a comic book guy. You know, they go to very specific places, places you kind of can't believe exist. And then they get appraisals. And that's where they find out if they scored really big. So before we get into the legal issues and crimes of the episode, I do want to share some of the more noteworthy discoveries because that really is like the heart of the show. So Daryl, my boy Daryl and his son, 
Brandon, they found these valuable Western art prints that looked like things that were ugly that you wouldn't want to hang in your house, but they were numbered and signed. So they brought them in for an appraisal. They spent $200 or like a little over $200 for, I think, 50 prints. And the woman told him that the collection is worth $20,000. Oh my gosh. One guy that I didn't mention, he came in later seasons. His name was Renee from Austria, spent seven grand. Sometimes they can spend a lot of money on lockers. And yeah. he found massive crystals, like, from the earth. Like, oh, I was thinking Spencer Pratt. That's where I went when you talk crystals. <laughs> well, no, like that, but raw, uncut, huge, Whoa. natural crystals that combined weighed 250 pounds. Those were appraised at $35,000. So, I oh mean, you gosh. can, like, make some life-changing things happen in the sure. in the storage units. Then there was a time Dave Hester, who we're talking about today, spent just seven fifty dollars on a unit that was full of old newspapers. Floor-to-ceiling newspapers. I don't really know why he bid on it. But upon closer inspection, he noticed they were newspapers from the day Elvis Presley died. And there were 3,000 copies of two different newspapers that I guess someone bought out for this very yeah. reason. Then... Forgot about them. Stop paying. Yeah. Yep. He had them appraised the entire collection of newspapers. Actually, do you want to guess? 3,000 copies of two different newspapers. So we're talking 6,000 newspapers announcing Elvis Presley's death that are all original copies. Okay. So you keep going up in prices with these. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go big and say 75,000. Good job. It's 90, but you were right. Ah. It got bigger and it was $90,000. So essentially the show requires luck as much as any talent or skill or business savvy. That all helps. But like it's kind of comes down to if you get lucky or not, maybe you have a good eye and you catch something, but you just never know. And Dave really is by far one of the most successful buyers on the show, if not the most annoying. But how he got into the business is actually quite unlucky. In 2005, so we're going back five years before the show, Dave was running a successful furniture store, but he was convicted of a DUI. He got 30 days at a community, doing community service, and he had to work at a Goodwill store, my favorite. That's when he saw how they did their operations. He's like, wait, so all the merchandise is donated and then they sell it and make a profit? Now- Goodwill is like a non-for-profit and does really good charitable work. But Dave interpreted this as a way he could change his business model. So he pivoted the furniture retail business into like a high-end thrift store. Then it became a consignment store. Then he ended up having his own auction house. So he does what the auctioneers at these storage units do on his own. So he also goes and bids at them, but then he finds things and then he'll like have these higher-end auctions, not storage units, but like you know, for nicer he's things. He's already sifted through it. He's and found curated. Value. Yes, exactly. Okay. Ooh, curated. It's like what yes. I do. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking. No wonder. Yes. He's your hero. Nope. Nope. You should be his hero. No. Did you hear what I I just realized? I said, thank you. I should be. I said, nope. Mm-hmm. I'll see his yep with a big fat yep. nope. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so when we meet him on Storage Wars, he approaches this, like, he has a whole operation. He brings in I don't know trucks very well, if it's 18-wheeler. I don't know. It's a really big truck. He has a team okay. of employees to pick up stuff from his units, and he spends money to make money. Like, he puts out thousands on these units. Most of the other bidders have, like, their SUV, a beat-up pickup truck. If they get a lot of stuff, they'll rent a truck. Like, nobody comes sure. in. And he comes in with that swagger. Like, he's just so the best. And I'm like, it's all relative, bro. Like, you're at a storage unit. Like, just right. simmer down, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he also, in addition to that, swagger which is almost too positive he has a very combative energy and he's basically what brandy called him in that first clip he he really is just a douchebag and he got a reputation as being one so he has a strategy when he's bidding on lockers that he has no intention of buying he just drives the price up and then stops and because he's so successful people also often follow his lead so they're like oh well if dave wants it then i'm gonna keep bidding too Mm -hmm. then he pulls out at the last minute Other person overpays for probably not a good locker. Or when the bidding gets super, super high, he'll jump in at the end with a bid, do the same thing, They'll and then he'll back out. So he does this all the time. So people kind of know his tricks now. But in the beginning, he was like, I mean, he just got a really bad reputation among his colleagues, if you will. But like I said, not only is he an instigator and a cutthroat businessman, he's also a toxic misogynist. On this episode, he really ticked off Laura Dotson, the auctioneer, who happened to be working solo without her husband, Dan. Usually they're always together. Dan does the like 
da 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 Yeah. And then she goes, and don't forget to pay the lady. And like, they give her the money and she like opens the door. She's like the Vanna White to his Pat Sajak. Okay. But she is an auctioneer in her own right. And on this episode, she auctioneers. I don't know how to say that. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this really didn't sit well because what Dave did was he started soliciting business for his own auction house at her auction. We don't see it on camera, mm. but what we come into the scene, if you want to go ahead and open the next clip, she sure. finds out he's doing that. They have a confrontation and it's the first of two serious confrontations he has with her. I'm not going to have a problem with you or anything as long as you're not soliciting your auction near or your business at my sale. This guy's running all over town, calling himself an auctioneer, trying to steal my business, and now he shows up at my auction? I don't think so. This is America. I can say whatever I want. You can say what you want, absolutely, but you do not have to discredit me or put me down in any way or say you're going to take my account. You know what I think? I think you're a little baby for showing up on a day when Danny's not here and you know you haven't been around forever. And then you come and get in my face. Well, I'm going to let you know I'm the only auctioneer here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, All right, folks, let's look at this unit here. Get a good look. Go see a psychiatrist. I think you need one. It ain't worth it. That's all right. You know, and I'll take your money because it is green. But I just don't want you. You want a school where you send a man to represent you. You think you're going to make me feel like a little girl? Well, guess what? I am the lady here, and you're not going to get in my way. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Now shut up. You don't tell me to shut up, or I'll tell you to get the out of my auction. How's that? You can tell me to do whatever you want. in charge. That's right, I'm in charge. This is America, baby. I can talk all I want. Absolutely, but this is my auction. You can't solicit my other buyers here. This is your auction. This This is my auction. I'm getting commission from this auction. I'm going to take 20% for unity, too. You are paid to call the bids. I sell 3,000 auctions a year. It's not your auction. Get out of my face. You want to know what? I'm not afraid of you. What a piece of I know. Getting in a woman's face. You're going to fight a woman, you little Maybe you should leave. The only reason that you say you're a storage auctioneer and you want to do it is because you want to emulate Danny and I. I'm oh not my of God! You. you want to be at my auction? Well, bring somebody. Now. Bring some man, okay, to do your talking for you. Is that okay? what you think that I need? In a mouth, don't make an auctioneer. You want to know it? At least I have a pair, okay? okay. You know what I have? I have a backbone and I have bravado. Do you hear me? You're gone. Well, we'll go ahead downstairs. Okay. Thank on. you. What are you looking at? Folks, we're going to have an auction. I threw the trash out. You guys feeling a little better? All right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of exciting to come up here and piss people off, you know? And, you know, it kind of brought me a little bit of pleasure. She wanted to have a ladies' moment. So she had her ladies' moment, and I just told her, basically, next time bring your man so I can have my man's moment. That's all it was, basically. Rebecca, I do not like that guy at all. He is awful. He's the worst. He's really yeah. scary, actually. Like, major anger management issues. Clearly hates women. Yeah. And now, do you see Laura's demeanor at the end of that? Like, huh, doesn't everyone feel better? Yeah. Like, she was, like, really trying to pull it together and be professional. We're going to go right into the next clip and see how she comes undone because he takes it so far. This gets scrappy. This is one of the worst fights I've seen on a show. Ooh. 185, 185 going once, 185 dollars going twice. I'll let you wait for 175 dollars for now. You bought a hey, I'm bidding over here. Hey, auctioneer has the right to reopen the bid. Right. Don't listen to Dave. Dave will do anything to undermine me. Learn how to catch a bid. Sorry about that, Mary. Learn how to catch a bid. Right. If I miss you, I'll watch you better now. <laughs> you got two auctioneers and they're still missing right. bids. Oh, Lisa, come on now. You admit it, right? No, I didn't admit it. it. Actually, I didn't see your bid. I, I saw th- it. I think you were at 165, and you, maybe you thought you were at 170. Playing favorites. Well, okay you know, Dave, I'd shut your mouth if I were you, because I can't what I kick saw. your out. I just say what I saw. Well, you want to know what? You're starting yeah, trouble. You didn't see. I you didn't see. Right next no, to you didn't see anything. You're just acting like you saw so you can give me some problem. You give me any because I don't need you. I know. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. My eyes are open, Dave. Open your eyes. And if you don't like it, get the out. Really? Camera's right there. The you put right your there. hands on him, so get the f- out of my right auction. There. You're done. You're gone. 
Rebecca, I um, what happened? That was the wildest, scariest thing I've ever seen. I've never was seen crazy. you respond that way to a clip. We've seen some crazy. We've shown each other some crazy stuff True. here. True, it was scary. It was very scary, and yeah. you see her flying through the air. I couldn't even figure out who hit her, and she and her bejeweled jeans just go flying <laughs> across the side. But she keeps and the then, pen like that was so important somehow. Did you she notice had that it in her mouth? She, I thought her teeth were bleeding, and she pulls a pen out. I'm like, congratulations! I don't. I know. I don't know. Must have been a special pen. pen. So it's weird because he starts off getting into it because he's trying to defend and protect Mary, this young new addition to the show it's almost like he's like showing off a little so like apparently Dan her husband didn't hear Mary's bids but like they worked it out like they were like it was fine everything was chill and then you know out of nowhere and he did start it it does take a you might have to watch it a few times to really watch it go down but he absolutely starts it but the way Laura doesn't back down no she went off she I mean, that was wild. And it was like, also, he went uh, he went for her when her husband was there. Like, that was his bad. Like, yeah. And he probably Ooh. knew about the last time Dave got mouthy with her. So he was just oh, ready yeah. to throw down. Like, oh, my gosh. My brain can't even handle that. So I guess my... Hold on. Let me even think. Because I had a question. Yeah. And it's escaped my head. Who is it that threw her down? Was it him? Yes. Was it Yup? That threw... Okay. I couldn't see who pushed her. that he were. pushed her in such a way that she went... I mean, the motion Flying. was like airborne. Yeah. Uh, if we can somehow... If I can... I guess we can yeah, post play this. It on, yeah, 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 yeah. Just play a clip of it. Because um, people should see it. It's it's really crazy. And and so this is who we're dealing with. And after a quick break from this week's sponsors, we'll hear some of the next trouble Dave gets into. Okay, so we just talked about that crazy fight Dave Hester got into. And by the way, that wasn't a fireable offense, but we're going to get into what ultimately was. So... Despite his success on the show, because he was like a fan favorite, he did seem to help ratings just because he was so toxic, right? Like we love to watch the mess. In December of 2012, between seasons three and four, Dave and some fellow castmates who remain unnamed, we don't know who they are, expressed some concerns to the producers. Dave believed and still does that the show was rigged. He was uncomfortable with it and he said he didn't want to be part of a deceptive television show and and keep up this charade or charade if you're Lisa <laughs> Vanderpump. He, he brought these concerns to the upper management and A&E fired him just for ex- questioning expressing that. Yeah. So maybe they'd been waiting to fire him because he is a little bit of a loose cannon. I don't right. know, but they fired him and they would soon regret it because while fired, he files a lawsuit claiming two things. So it's against A&E and the production company, Original Productions. The first is that what he originally expressed to producers, he put into a lawsuit and found case law to support it. Oh, okay. He said that the producer's staged units planted items in lockers after having them appraised weeks in advance and funneled cash to weaker teams to buy lockers that they couldn't otherwise afford to kind of equalize the show. Sure. The suit also claims that Hester and other cast members, again, these unnamed ones, met with network officials to express these concerns because these actions violated federal laws that were intended to prevent viewers from being deceived when watching a show involving, quote, intellectual skills. I'm sorry. What? Um, What are we calling an intellectual skill? (laughs) That's exactly what I asked. And I don't think I can vouch for the intellectual skills of anyone on that show or watching Mm -hmm. it, myself Mm -hmm. included. Right. But this will get answered in just a little bit. So it's interesting language and it, it didn't come out of nowhere. The language from that comes from case law from 1934, and this is a source from the Campbell Law Observer, Section 509 of the Act, which actually was amended. It was, you know, I guess, you know, how things happen. They get right. added on well, to later. <laughs> kind of. I, I mean, we don't have um, also intellectual, intellectual skills. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and it's a Sunday night. We're not usually doing this on a Sunday night. Right. So this act was passed in the 1950s after... <laughs> There were apparently a ton of game show scandals at the time where they were like rigging them all over the place, which Whoa. actually totally makes sense. It's like 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was like a naive time in history. It was like firsts, right? Like game right. shows were new. So they were like, we got to have Maybe winners and like, yeah, mm-hmm. like shake it up. So this section 509 says that anybody producing or participating in a scheme to deceive the public will be held liable and could face monetary fines and a prison term of up to one year. In this lawsuit, the details of damages that he's asking for are not disclosed in this part of the suit. Now, Dave was also alleging wrongful termination for the firing. And for that, we find out he was asking for $750,000 in damages. And if you're wondering how he arrived at that number, my intellectual skill or uh-huh. lacking, <laughs> lack thereof, sure. tells me that he was making 20, for the next season, fourth season, he was supposed to get 25000 per episode, which is pretty good. Yeah. For 26 episodes. And I think... I used my calculator and I think that was 650 if I wrote it down right, 650,000, but I do have numbers, dyslexia, like I mix numbers up so I could be wrong and I'm not going to open my phone up and check it now. And so I guess the extra 100,000 was maybe um, for legal fees, but I can't verify that. I'm speculating. So a month later, so this is what he puts forth. A month later, A&E responds to this lawsuit and the first thing they say is we're blindsided. We never talked to him. He never expressed these concerns. We don't know where this came from, but they didn't really deny it. They stated that the way they decide to produce and convey what happens on the show is covered by their constitutional right to free speech under the First Amendment, and that Hester's claims don't apply. The network also challenged the Communications Act of 1934 in this case law with this strange language, saying that the TV format of Storage Wars involves no chance, quote, or intellectual knowledge, or quote, intellectual skill, so it is not a game show. So that is what they meant by intellectual skill, like a quiz show where there was like knowledge, like it's basically you can't cheat, you can't feed somebody answers. That's what the original intention of the law was for. So they're like, it just doesn't apply here. And truly it doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) A&E also stated that there are notable inconsistencies in Dave Hester's exaggerated self-portrait. They basically were like, So a lot of times on the show, the person will win it and you can tell it's a dud and they just start like pointing at things and saying what they can get for it. They're like two dressers, 600 bucks, one mirror, 45 bucks. So they were saying that like he was always exaggerating what those values were. So they were kind of being like, he was kind of lying and manipulating and making himself look like he will be set up for success more, which I don't think you have a legal grounds for that. Like that's just him throw balling numbers, but they basically were trying to make him look bad. Sure. So they also fought back in court. They were partially successful as well because a judge tossed out the claim of unfair business practices. The judge said that the show had expressive free speech protecting it. And the judge ordered that Hester pay A&E's legal fees. Ooh. How not yuppie is that? I can't imagine that that number is that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he is not yupping. So A&E is absolved of unfair business practices but on September 3rd of 2013 so a couple months later the Los Angeles Superior Court reviewed the wrongful termination portion of the suit the judge ruled that Dave can move forward with the wrongful termination portion of this lawsuit because it was so wide-ranging and he felt there was some merit to it so nearly a year later July of 2014 so this was going on for a while it was announced that Dave Hester and A&E reached a settlement And they even repaired their working relationship enough for him to return for season five in August of 2014. So that's wild. I know. I would really love to hear those conversations. So now A&E makes a more definitive statement. And this is quoted in The Hollywood Reporter. A&E spokesperson says, there is no staging involved. The items uncovered in the storage units are the actual items featured on the show. Executive producer Tom Beers has stated that the vast majority of storage lockers investigated during production contain nothing of interest and therefore they don't appear in the final show. However, Beers did admit that half of the lines are scripted and so is moving items between storage lockers purchased by the same person. So they like copped to a little, said, yeah, we we create some of the scripting. No surprise there. But they said everything else is totally real and he's lying. So my guess is they had a closed doors conversation, offered him more money to come back to the show. Right. They were like, shush up about this. Mm -hmm. Why are you probably, you know, I would imagine like it's kind of like the Bethany comparison. Like it is. Well, it's biting the hand that feeds you. Precisely. Big time. Big time. 
here's what my question. So you said that he and a few other people went to A&E. Originally, so, yeah. Okay. So did they get fired too or was it just him? Just him. Maybe he was like the representative and said, I've talked to other castmates. I don't Got know because they were never named. He doesn't seem like an upstanding person who would protect people. He seems like someone that would throw people under the bus, but. Right. And I imagine he didn't go in there very nice. So I feel like right on that, I feel like he could have exploded or pushed somebody Uh like we saw him do. Yeah, no, he's he's unpredictable. I'm like whatever he did and however he entered that, it was going to end in him being terminated. Again, he's back on the show. And you'd think that would be really enough legal trouble for Dave. But the whole time Dave was taking on A&E in court, he was in a less conspicuous but I'm going to say much more fun lawsuit that started in 2011, a year after his debut on the show. So Dave Hester's yupping it up, love and life, and he gets a cease and desist letter from a musical artist named Trey Ooh. Songs. Do you know Trey Songs? He's a rapper. It's Z, right? Yes, Songs a Z. Z at the yes. end. I don't know mm-hmm. any of his music. That's all I know. Yeah. Okay. So he says, uh, yup is my catchphrase. He said he's been using the word in his music, in his brand, since 2009. And not only is it a word that he says all the time, he said, I put that word in every one of my songs. Apparently, it's like an Easter egg for his fans. Like, when is he going to say or sing uh-huh. yup? And it's like a thing with his audience. And apparently, at live shows, he has like a call and response of yups. I watched it. It's weird. <laughs> really yeah he'll take like a really long pause and he'll like take his shirt off and like people are screaming and you can feel anticipation like something is going to happen uh-huh and then there it is you're going to hear the yup in a second don't worry also i wish that instead of that somebody would just yell jason derulo in the middle of <laughs> so dave responds to this and it's like sorry i Attempted to register this as a trademark three times. It took me three times and I was finally successful. You never did that. So this is actually literally mine. And they kept going back and forth and couldn't work it out. So Dave ended up suing him before. So there was a cease and desist, but Dave sues him. I think Dave is one of these litigious people. Really? Really? I didn't get that from this. (laughs) Melissa, I lack intellectual skills. Remember, (laughs) takes me a minute. (laughs) So he ends up suing him for copyright infringement. Now, they do have to go to court where perhaps one of my, you and I have read a lot of trial transcripts over the years for our podcasts. Mm -hmm. Please enjoy a recitation from Dave Hester's lawyer, who, when speaking of his clients and addressing the court, says, my client's yep utterance is a more monosyllabic sounding guttural auction bidding phrase meant to convey the meaning of yes, as opposed to songs is, which resembles an animal-like or non-human squeal, which begins with a distinct yee sound before finishing with a squeal-like up sound, end quote. <laughs> that was that was really amazing, uh, like, reenactment there. That Thank was, you. Can you imagine being that? Court TV, I'm available. Yeah, no, I, I would give anything to have been in court that day and you know it was better with coming from like some dude lawyer like oh what I would give so Trey Songs countersues Dave Hester and in the countersuit Song says Hester's yep merchandise was even styled identically and virtually identical to Songs's mark so he goes after the visual identity of it saying mine is also a sans serif font in all capital letters like they are (laughs) It is so good. So after a few years of battling over the nuanced idiosyncrasies of each of their respective yups, the two come together and told a federal judge they're going to settle out of court. Melissa, tell the people uh-huh. at home what the financial details of their settlement were. Oh, we don't know. They didn't really. We don't them. know. Out of court settlement we between never two do. people. And this one, there's, this is a tough one to know, like, who's the clear winner here? I guess Dave, because he actually had registered it. Yeah, but you know, they do talk about with trademark, okay, no intellectual skills. No, enlighten us. Continue. (laughs) But if you can prove that you've been using it before that, then you can backdate it to that date. But if he never, I guess, even attempted, then how do you do 
Yeah, I guess. Well, he has a recording history of it from before Dave was ever on TV doing it. And he also, what he had was um, an LLC with Yup as like a marketed piece of property. So there was definitely a case. So they settle it. And that's another conversation I wouldn't mind hearing. Trey Songs and Dave Hester hashing it out and being like, bro, maybe we could both have Yup. Like, I don't know. Maybe they walked out friends. Like, I'd love to know. So Skipping, holding hands. (laughs) Like... Here we go, Saying yupping you. together. Yeah. <laughs> one plus one equals yup. Um, <laughs> two yups are better than one. Oh, <laughs> if you don't name this episode that, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> I have another title. We'll, we'll, take a, okay. we'll take a vote. Okay, so they settle under confidential terms outside of court. As far as Trey's songs goes, uh, by the way, I didn't know anything about him other than his name, but when I found this lawsuit information, it also brought up that this is like the least of his problems. He has had many allegations of physical and sexual assault against men and women. He's in lawsuits um, from sexual assault victims. So it honestly makes the Yep lawsuit look incredibly frivolous. Um, But it might have been a nice diversion for him. Sure. (laughs) Allegedly. So Storage Wars is still on the air, but it seems Dave Hester has stopped filming the show. He's been off a few years. But the latest I could find on him was another lawsuit. This is short. Apparently in 2020, look, we all did things in 2020. We regret. (laughs) He bought a locker for $12,000 and it must have had really good stuff in it. But then the locker company, I forget the name of it, came to him. They're like, whoops, we're so sorry. That was a mistake. We're we're not supposed to auction that off. The person like owns it and we're going to we'll give you back your money, but we need the contents of that back. So he fought it and he sued them for breach of contract and he lost. He lost. He took it to the appeals court, but he totally lost. And so the show goes on without him. New cast members have joined and it's a much more eclectic crowd now. Like that first group was very much all like rough and a little rough around the edges. Very cutthroat. Very cutthroat. They brought in like that younger woman, Mary. They brought in like just people from different walks of life who do the business differently. And um, I think it's good. And again, for me, it's a folding laundry, cleaning my house show. For you, right. it's the doctor's office. But I'll always stop for it like Pawn Stars. I can't help myself. But um, that's the story of Dave Hester, Yup, and Storage Wars. Okay, that was wild. I'm never going to get that clip out of my mind just because even with the warning that it was like the craziest fight you've seen, like even on all of our housewives and table flips no. and all that, I've never seen anything like I, it. It looked genuinely scary and... I am glad I wasn't there. Like you could feel the adrenaline and everyone yeah. like, and, and the first one wasn't great either. I mean, the way he spoke to her, some of the oh, things he terrible. said were so foul. And you think you're doing that on camera with millions of people watching, like, what are you like privately? I know. Yeah. So, he does not seem great. And I actually thought for, for some reason, I thought I might like him in the beginning. Yeah. I forgot that we cover these people. Right. Yeah. He's, he's on the not winsome list. For sure. Okay. Um, and he's going to stay there. I mean, look, yeah. we leave room, but let's leave him there for I, a while. Mm, he gets a long I time leave, out. <laughs> yeah. I leave as much room as there is in a hoarder's house, which is none. Which is to say mm-hmm. zero. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that was the story. Thank you for hanging in there. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing it. That was really interesting. And like, I found myself very entranced by the... Um, the clip so I'm gonna have to watch it some more I forgot about it like it's one of those that just kind of falls off for you of well, course for me. yeah you know who would be so great at storage wars Ooh. you okay. and my best friend Sarah you guys are both like antiques you know can find anything like I love shopping with her because she just digs and digs and digs and finds stuff and yeah. I don't have that ability I'm very much like I don't see anything and yeah. I can walk away. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you guys have that. You guys could be a good team. That would be really fun. I would love to do that. I actually, I, I totally would do, it. this makes me think maybe I should partner up with someone and go to a storage unit. I'm definitely not. Seriously. Maybe my, my kid, one of my kids would be good at this. Mm-hmm. I'll bring him. I know which one, the youngest. Yes. Bring him. Yeah. <laughs> we'd be, we'd be, I think it'd be good. So this is who I am. This so is like, a great weeknight for me. This is what I did one night this week instead of watch TV. I go on okay. online estate sales. You've told me about this. Continue. They're, they're auctions. I'm bidding. I get mm-hmm. in bidding wars. I decide in my mind how high I'll go, but then I get the high of winning. I mean, this is my Vegas because I'm alone. It's so great. It's like no one's smoking. <laughs> it's just me. 
And then the other thing I do is go on Instagram lives with just these random girls selling their vintage stuff. Like I sell my vintage stuff too on Etsy, but these girls just go live and they're like, here's a vase made in whatever year. And people are going nuts, like sending 200, 300, 400. And I will watch these for hours. It's weird and a problem. No, I get it. I get it. I haven't gotten stuck in that. I do get stuck in some TikTok lives where it... (sighs) I don't mean to, and but then suddenly so you're there. <laughs> chaos goes on. There's this one, if anyone's seen this, please tell me because I still can't figure out what's happening. It's these people wearing these body suits, but then on the inside, it looks like they've stuffed clothes. And so at first it looks like a mass or something on them. And so every time I go to scroll, I'm like, what is, what is this? And then sometimes they won't have it in there, but I don't know what they're trying to Wait, you still have not figured me? it out? No, because I always see before or after, like, wh- and I can only give so much time to them because yeah, I don't know what's happening. No. And I just bought magnesium pills off of TikTok. I can't do anything else. <laughs> they got me. They, they got, got you. Good. Yeah. Look, I'm like contemplating becoming collectors of glass I didn't know existed like six <laughs> minutes before I'm like putting in my credit card. So I get it. It's also, I think, gives us a sense of faux, like, social I don't want to say socialism Not these girls with the social. Yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Being social. I don't know. Well, no, I guess I, not I on TikTok. Know it. I wouldn't TikTok. know. Yeah, it. I know. That's why I'm having trouble recalling the word. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just prefer to be home alone, bidding on old people's crap, most likely dead people's. That's what my daughter likes to remind me. She's like, "You realize when you go to estate sales, you're just buying someone's mom who just died stuff." I'm like, "Well, yeah. it's better than it going in the trash." True. Do you like offer them less? No, I don't haggle unless I feel they've Thank overpriced you. it significantly. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think it's so tacky. Thank you. Okay. I feel good. No. I feel very good about you Were in you... estate sales now. Yeah. Cause... No, no, no. You can't go in there and be like, can I have your dead mother's wedding china for less than you're asking? <laughs> we did a, literally a garage sale with my mother-in-law one time for this girl she worked with um, who had like late stage cancer. And so we were selling stuff to raise money for Aww. her. And people were haggling. I was like, it's for charity. <laughs> like spend the dollar on it instead of 50 cents. No. What are you doing here? No, they're out of their mind. I mean, I know times are tough, but that is not the place for no. getting a deal. Do that on Black Friday. I will negotiate at a flea market. Okay. That's I just fair. went to they an antiques and vin- they do. That's why I do it because I feel like I'm a sucker if I don't. I feel like I channel all the times I've been taken advantage of in a car dealership or like a auto mechanic I bring to the flea market. And so I'm kind of just sure a jerk. I just go up to them and I'm just like, you are not going to make a fool of me. So I'm like, <laughs> will you take 50? And they're just like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you so much. This is really beautiful. <laughs> Have a great day. Um, I am the opposite. Well, I'm, first of all, number one, not allowed to go inside when, um, we're buying a car like my <laughs> like I've made this role not my yeah husband. yeah yeah because you'll just role. pay like, what the sticker price is a hundred percent I'm like they're gonna get a commission and I want them right to keep right I've been so nice to me I get it they have a family I go through a whole story of course, in my head, of and course. I'll and I'm bitter the rest of my life paying <laughs> yeah. for it um but I used to do a lot of garage sales and I remember going one time and we did not have very much money yep. and I was buying some stuff for my daughter and the lady was like, I'll give it to you for a dollar. And it was probably $10 worth of stuff. I'm like, I can't. And so I'm like, take $5. She's like, no. My husband's like, you were the only person I've ever met. <laughs> Negotiating upwards. <laughs> she just made like, ex- like bought it, like got more she money than like, it was I worth. I just want to get rid of it. <laughs> that and is I'm like, so no, ma'am. funny. I love that. Yeah. So I, I can't, I can't be your auction girl. No, no, you can't. Sarah could. She she would be good at it. Okay. I could see. All right. Well, let her know. Hit me up. Tell her to hit me up. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I, I I so enjoy shopping this way so much more than going in a store where everything's like mass produced and looks the same. I'm like, give me a junk shop any day of the week. I did it last night with my friend Nadine. I found the most amazing it. thing in Brooklyn. And she was like, I never go in that store because it looks so insane. Like it looks so chaotic. Right. And then I got some cute things. She was like, I can't believe it. Yeah. That's just what I do. Yeah. Anyway, that's great. It's a talent. Thank you. It's an intellectual skill. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. Before we get into what you were watching, because I really want to know, we on Instagram kind of hinted, we we changed up our schedule. That was me. Thank you, Melissa. And thank you listeners for being flexible. That was both of us. I was more than happy. Okay. Yeah. We had a week. week. We needed to switch Mm -hmm. things up. So we're putting this out on Black Friday and we thought it would be fun to also 
give you something, a little holiday kickoff surprise. So Melissa, yes. tell the people what they've won. <laughs> oh gosh, I can't be responsible for this. Well, we've got new designs for our merch store. Uh, last updated during Scandaval. We yep. you did update stuff during Scandaval. Yep. We've passed Scandaval. It's now time. It's a holiday season. It's time to buy stuff. Re- Rebecca has an amazing design. She always has so do you. designs. Some of them are fun. Yeah. Well, you helped me. Again, Rebecca's got such a good eye. So I'm like, here's my idea. Here's what it looks like. And she's like, oh, that's great. Change this color a little, whatever. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but like you have the eye for it. And it's it works out really well because I'm my brain doesn't work that way. And I... I don't have a good execution. We're a good team. So it's a very good team. Yes. Um, so anyway, so we have some new designs. Do you want to share any more about it? Because that's really all I've No, so got. No, that's it. So if you go to criminalityshow.com, um, click on merch, and you'll see stuff there. We've really focused on like giftable items like mugs and stickers and ornaments. So we hope yes. you'll think they're as fun as we do. And we appreciate your support if you feel Absolutely. like doing that or gifting that to a friend who likes the show. Or it just likes what we put on them because they're actually. It's. I don't even think it has anything. I don't to do think with it does. Show. One of them has some colors from the show. Yeah, but it's just so cute. No, they're just fun things and from the like Bravo reality TV world. So yes, enjoy. Shop to your little heart's content. And now tell me, Melissa, three clues about what you're watching. Okay. I'm. I okay. Oh Let my gosh! Do it. Wow. Okay. Okay. Ready? <laughs> you look intense. I. I am intense. <laughs> Showtime. Oh, okay. I haven't seen anything on Showtime in so long. Okay. Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I'm just going to say weird, 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 weird. <sighs> it's a TV show, not a movie? Nathan Fielder. I'll give you that. No, I don't. The guy from Ben Safdie. Is that his name? I don't know Uncut any Gems? of the people you're talking about. It's a TV um, show. It's a series, not a it's show. It's a TV show. It's a series. There have been two episodes so far. I don't know. And, I don't know. Okay. I don't know what Here's Emma Stone what it is, is doing. It's called The Curse. Never heard of it. You'll see. You'll have to look at a preview after this, but I wrote down the description because okay. I couldn't explain it otherwise. Yeah. Um, the series explore how an alleged curse disturbs the relationship of a newly married couple as they try to conceive a child while co-starring on their problematic new HGTV show called Flipanthropy. So, um, <laughs> this sounds up my alley. <laughs> I know, but I'm telling you, I am not actually recommending this to anyone yet because I'm two episodes in. The first episode, I saw two penises and they were tiny and I wasn't expecting them. And that was part of it. I'm not being mean like that. Was I wasn't expecting thing. you talking about this. I'm like, shocking. Not okay. Shocking. <laughs> Twice. Two times. I didn't learn my lesson after the first one. And then I wanted to rewatch the episode because I was like, I'm not catching a lot of this. But then I was like, I can't re-traumatize myself again, twice, four times in one night. Can't do it. Um, so anyway, it's Nathan Fielder who does the, uh, what was the show he did? The Rehearsal. So you know I love that show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But this is even weirder. his name. Yeah. So they're like filming basically an HGTV show. It's a husband and wife and they're like... Uh, building it in New Mexico and so they're trying to you know pretend that they're being like so good to the community and they're they're philanthropists and they're doing all this but there's all these little cracks in their story and their lives and foundation if you will yeah all of it and so you're kind of watching all of that but like sometimes I feel like I feel like they should have edited this like there'll just be a long scene and I'm like I don't, I don't even know what's happening. Like, I feel like somebody just forgot. And I know he's weird. Nathan Fielder's so weird. So I'm like along for the ride. Is he the creator but of the show? He's a creator, okay. yeah. And, uh, is there a supernatural is piece? So there is, and this isn't giving anything okay. away because it's literally part of it. There's an issue that happens in a parking lot between him being Nathan Fielder and this little girl like trying to pretend a philanthropy type of thing was happening. And when it goes wrong or he's like, hey, I need that back, she says, I put a curse on you. But we haven't seen where that goes yet. Okay. Um, but okay. that's like, I guess, the idea. So I'm, intri- I'm not recommending it. I'm intrigued though. But <sighs> oh, no. I'm telling okay. you, Rebecca. It's too much. Too little. <laughs> let me let me see how it goes and I'll come back to you on it. But I don't want to give you the go ahead yet. I admire your ability to stay with a show even when you're not sold on it. Like it is so unique 
Melissa, do a close-up on a baby carrot, and then the next thing you know, you see a little teeny tiny pee-pee. It was terrible. Can you stop? Please stop. (laughs) (laughs) How do you think I feel? Was it the... I almost told my daughter to watch it with us. Oops. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Well, you didn't know. It came out of nowhere. I had no idea. Did tell my sister. Maybe she, she wouldn't have noticed. Like, was it that small? <laughs> she was that small. Have even and seen that it? was kind of the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> it's traumatic. So nobody watch it yet. I will get back with you all. I will comment on our Instagram and tell you if it's getting better. If you are watching it, explain it to me. And yeah, uh, that would be <laughs> put Melissa out of her misery. Give her the permission to not finish it. Just tell her what happens. No. I love him so much. Okay. That I'm going okay. To okay. So it. that's your driving force. Then I give you that. Absolutely. Okay. I have fair. a. I have a reason. I've also added Showtime to my Paramount Plus, so I have to stick with it for at least a few more. Okay. Weeks. I'm paying for a Showtime at this point. Fair so. enough. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Wow. I did not see that coming in any sense of that story. <laughs> no, I should have given you the show that I actually liked. I'll tell you that one offline. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Rebecca. Good. Well, this is this is not going to be great because I think. Probably. It's the only thing I've watched other than Bravo because there is so much ample Bravo Bravo right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think you're one of the seven people who made sure I knew that this show existed. So I'm pretty sure you know. Netflix, modern twin flames. Okay. Escaping (laughs) twin flames. Yeah, exactly. Did you tell me about it? I mean, as soon as you said I told you, I was like, it had to be cult related. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. And thank you to everyone who did let me know as well. I got a lot of DMs (laughs) in, you know, a lot of real life messages. Um, And I appreciate it. And I did watch it. And I thought it was really good. Did you watch it? I did. Did you see the Prime one? Or did you just see the Netflix one? I think I did see the Prime one. I thought this was better. I feel like I liked... Yeah, me too. I I thought thought the the Netflix one was better. Um, A little more coherent... Agree. I get Teal Swan sometimes mixed up with with, um, the other modern cult leader. But basically for anyone who doesn't know, it's about a modern, I'm going to go ahead and say cult. Like you wouldn't be the first. It's a cult called Twin Flame Universe. And so I guess everyone was familiar with the idea of the concept of Twin Flame. Like before me, I I only learned it from this, not this Netflix, but in the last few years from this story. Did you know I it? learned it from Darcy and Stacy on Darcy and Stacy. They are always talking about twin flames. Oh, that is that tracks. That makes sense. Right? So yeah, it's about a harmonious union with one other person. In the cult's case, it's a romantic partner. And so this married couple from Michigan basically like sells the idea to people that they'll help them achieve harmonious union with their twin flame for the low price of whatever and they do classes and then people it's very nexium like people get roped into working there and then they're really entrenched it is it's in a weird way it's like worse than nexium to me although nexium actually had criminal elements and right at this point well i don't want to spoil anything but the the documentary goes talks to family members who've like lost family members to the cult like they're cut off they've severed the relationship and it's investigating whether or not this is like just scary and horrible or if it's criminal so that's kind of the premise but the horrible thing to me is like just preying on people who are lonely and desperate for love the way they put that young they put this young woman who was like maybe 20 in a relationship with this much older man who has a criminal record who she clearly was terrified of and they told her it's her twin flame and she married him Oh, yeah. I mean, they, you're exactly right when you were saying that they like become so entrenched in it. So that like becomes their life. So it's their job, it's their money, it's their social circle, it's their friends, it's everything. Totally cult like, allegedly. Um, But, but the guy is so unlikable. Like, of all the cult leaders, you at least see like something mesmerizing or there's something. Even freaking volleyball man from Nexium. Like, there's something like he was a smart person. Right intellectual yeah this stuff like that this guy's just a douchebag completely i mean has you know kind of violent outbursts by violent i mean like verbally violent like he's yeah. he's horrible um he does call himself the second coming of christ like mm-hmm. he's unwell what is crazy is this is the craziest part to me is like when they realize that it wasn't working for them to pair people up out in the world to be their twin flame they're like right okay, actually, your twin flame can only be someone who's one of us in our cult. Right. And like, 
it's just so sad because at that point, so many people were already bought in. So it sounds crazy to us, like you would never believe that. But these people were years into this. So they oh, were yeah. like, oh, okay, so they just all start looking up and like looking around at the peers in the group and like pairing up. Yeah. In the most drastic of ways. I don't spoil anything, but it's a it's good. It's only three parts. And a few of the experts in it and Dr. Lalich, the cult expert, she's been on dialogue several times. So I love oh, her. Nice. She's like the most well reputed cult expert in the country. And I love that they had her because she's just so smart and like Right. Oh, it's really sad. But it was good. It really was. It was sad for the families especially. And um I mean, so this isn't sad. giving anything away. There was a podcast on it before. Did yes, you listen I listened to that? to that. Okay. Yeah. So that was like my introduction to Same. the that yeah. specific uh, thing. But th- I mean, like people were getting in all kinds of trouble because their whole idea was like, if that's your tr- twin flame, nothing can stop. If they tell you, don't ever call me again, you go and show up at their house naked. Yep. And, and this girl More got penises. restraining orders because she wouldn't yeah. back down and she went to jail. I know. And- that That's like. Like a very yeah. high functioning person. She previously had a scientist job in like a biotech company. Like these were not, it, it was wild. It was really, yeah. and just, that's when you would just realize like just preying on someone's deepest insecurity is just the most maniacal thing you can do. Also, totally. they didn't hide their love of money. Like they made so much money doing this. And most cult leaders, I feel like pretend it's not about the money. Not them. They, that's the weirdest part to me. It's so bizarre. Showing yeah, off all their tacky belongings. Lots of crystals. Lots of crystals. The yeah. Crystals speak and, to them, of course. And a pool and just their big, ugly, like soulless house. I'm like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It's the worst. But it's a very interesting documentary for sure. Yeah. And if they had an abandoned storage locker, I'd probably shop it. 100%. <laughs> I would even do that. And I'd probably pay too much. <laughs> so before we wrap this up, please tell us what we might be hearing and expecting for the next episode. Ooh, okay. Those of you with an eagle eye or eagle ear, we'll be able to figure this out. She's talking Sorry, to you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, not Rebecca. Um, the first clue is double. Not devil, but double, like two. The next clue is 11. And the third clue is Connecticut. I feel like I'm I might so know where this is going and it's, we didn't even plan it. I'm so excited. I yes, am I'm very, too. Very oh my gosh. Okay, cool. Yes. Wow. Yay. That feels like yes. Christmas come early. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. my gosh. Thanks everyone for listening. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We hope you're enjoying the weekend and um, don't forget criminalityshow.com merch. Support us on Small Business Saturday tomorrow if you're listening Friday. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Or small business Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be small seven days, 24 <laughs> seven, 365. Um, thanks again for listening. You can find Melissa um, every Tuesday on her other podcast, Moms and Mysteries. You can find Rebecca in a storage locker <laughs> somewhere. Hopefully <laughs> alive and intact. Yeah. <laughs> a local one, auction house, something like that. You'll find her. Yes. Um, and then we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. Can't wait. Have a great two weeks. Bye.